Welcome into another Warriors Weekly Podcast. John Dickinson, Matt Steinmetz for 95.7 The Game. And a couple of days to go here in the regular season. Two games to go for the Warriors, both on the road. And through this season of twists and turns and ups and downs, Steiny, the, the Warriors do find themselves in a position where if they win the final two, they're guaranteed to avoid the play-in tournament. Could be five, most likely six. But the bottom line is, if the Warriors can win at Sacramento and Portland, they are in. And that, considering everything, is is probably probably the, the most realistic objective that would be attained. Now, a little bit of a twist put on this. I know the buildup to this game against Sacramento has been, been pretty big. And then last night, as we record this on, on Friday here, the Kings listed seven of the top eight players in their rotation as questionable for the game against the Warriors. We've been talking about who's going to play who, is somebody going to rest their guys, all these different uh, scenarios, but the Kings have been the one team that had sort of stated they weren't going to do that. So just kind of your general thoughts on the final two, the Warriors needing a win, and, and what the hell Mike Brown and the Kings might be thinking. Well, it actually reminds me a little bit of the We Believe season for the Warriors. Um, the, the parallels aren't exact, but – if you remember that year, the Warriors were playing the Dallas Mavericks late in the season, maybe the second or third to last game of the year. And the Warriors had already beaten the Mavericks two out of three games. So I already started to uh, indicate that they they had they had something on Dallas and Dallas had two choices. They could come into uh, uh, Oracle Arena at that time and play their starters and try to win the game, which would have then put the Warriors back to the ninth spot in the, in the playoff race out of the race back then they elected to uh, rest everybody. The Warriors hammered them that night and then went on to the playoffs. Then they end up playing Dallas. Now he's got to play everybody and they end up beating them. So I've, you know, through you and, and just through uh, listening, you know, Mike Brown, it, it just seems like he was going to play it pretty much uh, normally with let, if you're healthy, you're going to play. And I still think that's what he's going to do. But I think it's a little gamesmanship to truth. Yeah, there, there's a couple of the, a couple of things, really. I mean, I, I came up with three theories. One is the, the one you just said, gamesmanship. You know, all these guys are listed. We'll make the Warriors think at least for a few hours that that maybe, maybe they're going to get a little bit of an easier game. Although I don't know that the Warriors are necessarily thinking about that, considering how bad they've been on the road and how much they need these games. But yeah, gamesmanship and then the regulars wind up playing. Uh, it's also, I mean, the other way to look at it is, are, are the Kings actually saying to the Warriors, hey, we want you and we're not afraid of you because if the Kings do rest their guys and the Warrior, the, the, the percentages of the Warriors playing the Kings go up significantly. Right. In fact, it becomes highly likely, the, the, the most likely scenario uh, would be that the Warriors play the Kings. So in a way, you'd, you'd be the Kings saying, hey, we... We think the Warriors are our best matchup compared to maybe the Clippers right, right. or the Lakers or, or whatever. The third one, and, and I think this is a realistic one as well, is you know maybe Mike Brown just doesn't want to give the Warriors a look at his team that's playing at such a high level. You know, these teams played three times in the first three weeks of the season, and back then everybody thought, hey, the Warriors are champions – and the Kings stink. It, it's the same old Kings. It's the same, you know, different version of the same. Kings got off to a bad start. I think they were three and six 
and and zero and four at one point. And you know, I maybe it's just Mike Brown you know, not wanting the Warriors to come in to to their building, knowing they may play and and you know put one on them that maybe puts his young team in a spot where they're a little less confident, or the Warriors are a little more confident that maybe they can do some things against this Kings team that that you know you wouldn't have maybe thought given the way the Warriors have played this season. So what you're saying is that since these two teams haven't played since earlier in the season, much earlier, that the Warriors haven't really seen this the good 50 Kings. Win the good gotcha. Kings. Gotcha. Interesting. Yeah, I, I think all those, um, all those kind of make sense. To tell you the truth, I think the interesting thing is, you're right. Why would the Kings punt on this game if it isn't? if it invites that first round series with the, with the Warriors, the only way that happens is if they want the Warriors or they're, or they're not afraid of them. I, I, I feel like though, just, I think they're going to end up playing like a normal game. If, sure. if you're the Sacramento Kings, don't you? Yeah. I, I don't know. To me, it feels like a, a little bit of a coin flip. I mean, you know, somebody, I was talking to somebody from, from Sacramento the other, you know, last night, actually, just kind of what's going on, trying to get the, the the feel. And this person said to me, well, it would be the most Kings thing ever uh, if, if, you know, Fox or Sabonis or somebody important got hurt in what for the Kings is a meaningless game and then didn't get to play in the playoffs because it's been 17 years They've had a lot. I mean, you know, because I mean, the Kings have basically been what the Warriors used to be, where anything that can go wrong kind of does, even when it looks like things are turning a corner toward a positive direction. And so it it could also just be that that they want to protect their ability to be as good as they possibly can and as whole as they possibly can for any playoff series. And maybe they're handling it kind of like the Warriors have over the years, where the Warriors have never worried about opponent ever. It's just, hey, right. we're good enough. Let the chips fall where they may. So I, I do think there could be a little bit of of that, you know, component to it as well. Uh, which you know, I will say this though, and I guess I'll kind of ask you if the Kings really are saying to the Warriors, "We want you." I mean, how much how much spice does that add to? And we'll talk about it next week if it happens. But you you said to me a couple of weeks ago, you know, if the Kings and Warriors play, I kind of laugh. You're like, you know, things are going to happen. Like things that we're not even thinking yeah. about are going to happen. Right. That are going to, you know, guys are going to get into it, or somebody's going to say something, or the fans are going to have a bad. And and I feel like maybe this is already the first step toward that. I I think I think that's a that's a good point because I think I think what's going to happen is no matter. What happens tonight? The aftermath could like fuel the postseason. Um, you know, if the Warriors come in here, if the Warriors go in there and win uh, tonight, and it looks like they'll get six, then you know the Warriors are going to be feeling pretty good, and their fans are going to be feeling real good. And the Kings are kind of going to have to just bite their tongue for a week or so. But yeah, I, I. I I don't know how to explain it. We had Amick on Sam Amick of the Athletic on yesterday, and it's just one of those things that everyone's like, "Oh, it's going to be big." It's 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 going to be real big. Is is the way I think of it. You know, you just look at, you know, the media is close to each other. Like the, everybody's going to be 
going back and forth. So to, you know, from SAC to the Bay area, um, it, I mean, it could be the start of what finally becomes a legitimate rivalry between these two teams because they've never really been good at this. They haven't, they haven't been good at the same time. So um, I always been kind of waiting for this to happen. And hopefully, <laughs> you know, the more, you know, the more, the more, the closer we get to it, the more I think, you know what, this would be, you know, look, any of the first round series for the Warriors is going to be interesting, whether it's Phoenix, whether it's the Kings, even whether it's Memphis. But you know what? I The more I think about it, I'm kind of with Guru here. I <clears throat> I wouldn't mind a Kings-Warriors first round matchup. No, I, 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 think, it, no, I think it would be great. I've kind of gone back and forth. I, I To me, it just, you know, for a good chunk of the year, I thought, eh, it's probably too much. It's probably, you know, what, but as it's gotten closer and, and been more likely to potentially happen, I'm, I'm, I'm more on board with it as well. I, I think it'll be a lot of fun and, and kind of a new twist, but, but you're right. I mean, Warrior fans, I would say about 90% want the Kings over, let's say the Suns. Now there is one more wild scenario, and I I know you know I don't want your eyes to glaze over as I explain this one, so I'm going to try to do it succinctly. There is a scenario where if the Warriors win the game against the Kings on you know, Friday night, and as long as the Pelicans lose one of their last two, okay, so the Warriors win and the and the Pelicans win one of their last lose one of their last two, where the Clippers on Sunday could choose to lose and and basically that would mean they would play the kings and the warriors would play they would in essence let the warriors have the five seed and play phoenix and the clippers could could lock themselves into a matchup against sacramento but that only happens if the warriors win tonight against the kings and the pelicans lose either they play minnesota sunday they play the knicks tonight so it's possible that 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 what about that, the war? Would the Warriors that be the case even if the Warriors uh, lose to Portland? They have to win in Portland as well. Yeah, the Warriors okay. would have to win. So you could have, in essence, you could have a a, a tank off kind right. of scenario on Sunday where it's so funny. The league has built this thing up, and I know I've heard you say it, and I I, I agree with you about how the league has built up the play in, and it's this great. They pretend it's this great thing that creates all this. You know, I always call it faux drama, fake drama. Yeah. But it would be the most NBA thing ever if you get down to this. Here's your last day. 15 teams are playing. Nobody's locked in. And you've got three teams that are trying to lose, basically. I mean, that would be the most on-brand thing for exactly. the NBA this season where you've got teams trying to lose because the standings are so screwed up that you'd you'd rather play a – better team in terms of the record than play a worse team. I mean, and look, the, the reality of the situation is if you start looking at Dallas, the Timberwolves, you know, a team that drops to eight or nine, I mean, they call it the play in tournament for a reason. And that is, it's that one game you get to play to get, to get in. But it's like the, the play in teams in the NCAA tournament, they never go anywhere. Like the bottom line is I think it does end up, much ado about nothing. A, a, a play in a team that's won the play in game to get into the postseason has never won a series. Right. It, yeah, exactly. And that's the bottom line. And it's probably going to so, be that way for a long time. Although, if there's a year where maybe it does happen, 
I mean, true. It it, it yeah. I mean, Lakers over Memphis. You know, Warriors over Memphis. What do you think as far as just what you know? Forget about what the Warriors want or don't want, but just the two scenarios. And I again, I highlighted the one way basically where it could end up being the Warriors and Suns. It basically, if the Clippers dictate that to the Warriors, right? Uh, and what like. A lot of Warrior fans want the Kings. They'd be feeling really confident if they play the Kings. I guess, should Warrior fans feel that confident, one, in playing the Kings potentially in a series? And then the other part of it is, you know, if the Warriors did play the Suns, it, how much trouble would that be? Because it, it, you know, a part of me would think, damn, that's here's your reward, you know, for finishing fifth is you're getting, you're getting maybe the team that's, got the best shot of coming out of the West right away. I mean, in, in some ways, it's almost as if you get the five, you really got the, the seven or the eight. Yeah, exactly. And I, I think, I think, you know, it's funny because I mess around with Guru and Warrior fans saying, you should, what, what's it matter? You, you guys are the defending champs. You shouldn't be afraid of anybody. You can beat anybody. You know? And I think they can, but I think the Suns would be a really bad matchup, especially in the first round, the more I think about it, because – by the time that series comes along, you know, Durant will be basically fully integrated back into that team. And Wiggins won't have been at that point. You know, the, the game one of the playoffs will be Andrew Wiggins kind of re-debut. And in years past, when the Warriors have gotten guys back early in the in the playoffs, they've they've still known they're gonna win the series. Last year, even with Curry coming off the bench, they're the, what what's, the Warriors have won a lot of series when, you know, guys have missed a few games here and there. This would be the, this would be different to me because the Suns, the Suns to me are the best team in the Western Conference, just talent wise. They they got players and they got they got scores. And I, I think if the Warriors want Phoenix, it would be later, not sooner. No, no doubt. And, and I think you know, what do you think the Warriors end up doing with Wiggins? Because you're right. They've they've brought guys off the bench, but they've they have had the luxury of not truly being threatened in any of these series where they've had to deal with the injuries. They've they've been they've had injuries at times early in the playoffs where they were clearly the best team or could navigate it and get through it. They've never really had it at, toward the end of the of the playoffs until 2019 with Clay and and obviously Durant in Game Five and Six back to back against Toronto where they lost both of them to significant injuries. But I, I guess relating it back to Wiggins, you know how do we know he's not going to play the final two? <clears throat> we know he's been doing some conditioning work. It sounds like everything's on par. They, they've still got another nine to ten days before he'd actually have to play in a game. Do do you think? the Warriors put him right back in the starting. I, I guess they'd have to, if they play Phoenix, they might have to, if they play the Kings, because you'd need Wiggins yeah, on think, Fox and you'd need Wiggins on Durant. He's the one guy that could go. He's the one guy that would be guarding right. Fox or Durant, two different players, right. but, but that's how important Wiggins really is. Yeah. I, I anticipate he's going to start game one of the playoffs. And that that's one thing that there was a lot of conversation about in the last few weeks well, they need Wiggins back before the play. They, and I have always kind of thought when Wiggins comes back, he's going to play. Like, and and they they don't necessarily need him back 
a week before the end of the season so that he can ramp. Like he's going to, he's ramping up right now. You don't necessarily need games to ramp up. And, um, but I, but I think you're right. He's, he's, he's too valuable of a player. Like I, I think, I think without Wiggins, we all know this team's got limitations with Wiggins. You almost feel like, you know what? Anything could happen with Wiggins. So he's got to play. Even if he's even if he struggles, because they they have to find a level they have to find the level they played at last year at some point with Wiggins, so they got to live with Wiggins even if he's not Wiggins until he's Wiggins. Yeah, and hopefully and, they can survive survive that period of time. And their hope is that he can come back and not kill him offensively because let's say he's out of sync or just can't make a shot. He doesn't, he doesn't right. really change anything they do. Like he's one of those guys that he could take 10, 12, 15 shots, or he could take three shots and you kind of don't feel like he's out there. But the one thing you you need is him to make, if he takes six shots or 13 right. shots, you need him to make a good percent. Like if he's 0 for six, one for seven, if he's having those kinds of games, three for nine, then he will hurt them offensively. But I think what they're hoping is he doesn't hurt them offensively if he's rusty, but defensively he can be the point of attack guy that they they really need. Working with Peyton and DiVincenzo and, and maybe even Kaminga to give them multiple options because, I mean, regardless of who they play, I mean, the Kings – I say this about the Kings. I told you this last night. The Kings – in terms of offensive rating, so it's not points; it's it's points per possession. So it's it's adjusted for pace and and the, basically the fact that everybody scores in today's NBA a ton of points. But the Kings are going to be the second best, or the I'm sorry, the best offensive team in the last 49 years in terms of. So you're going to need defenders like they shoot the three, they run pick and roll. Sabonis can hurt you inside. Like we don't need to preview the series in full until it happens, but. But they're a handful. Phoenix with Durant and Booker are a unique handful. No matter who the Warriors get, like they're going to have to have as many capable defenders as possible because they're trying to. And I was thinking about this last night as it related to the Kings being so good offensively. The Warriors have been horrible defensively this year. So you've got one of the best offensive teams statistically in 50 years going up against a pretty terrible defensive team that thinks they're not going to be terrible because they're you know, getting pieces back that they didn't have before. I mean, that, right. that in and of itself is, is kind of fascinating. Yeah. Yeah, it is. And, and that's why to me, you know, the Wiggins thing's interesting. And he, he, just to touch on it a little bit is I, I mean, Wiggins, I was thinking about this. Wiggins is about as important a player as kind of that exists that you could drop back on a team and he won't really impact everybody else's role so much. You know, like Wiggins is the guy who he's one of those players that at the end of the game, you look up and you're hoping seven for 13 uh, for 17 or 18 points. And you say, well, how did he get those points? Well, he had a couple threes, you know, he had two out of his four threes. And he had an offensive rebound, three-point play put back, and then he got out in the break. You know what I mean? Like, yeah, you don't have to – he doesn't necessarily take shots from anybody else. Now, I know that sounds weird. If a guy takes 15 shots, they got to come from somewhere. 
But the reality is Wiggins' 15 shots may come from Lamb's four or five shots, may come from Kaminga's five shots. So, like, as far as dropping Wiggins in to the team, it's probably going to be as seamless as it could be just with – it's almost like – all the things that he's been criticized for actually work in his favor in a situation like this. Well, sometimes he tends to float offensively and kind of went good. He can do that to start um, when, when he comes back offensively and kind of see where he fits in rather than a player who's man, Wiggins is back. He, he, you know, he's not like clay where it's like clay's coming back. He's going to get 20 shots plain and simple. Wiggins might play his first game back and take seven and sure. be pretty good. Yeah, as long again, as long as he maybe hits three of the seven or yeah, four of the sure. three or four of the seven, it's it, it's fine in that scenario. There was a report a couple of days ago, and I think it was I think it was Sean Devaney, who's pretty reputable. I don't know if you guys talked about this on the show or not, but there was a report that the Warriors are worried about their bench in the playoffs, which I, I found to be interesting. And I'm, I'm paraphrasing the way it was characterized, but it was basically, hey, Wiggins is coming back. And as Wiggins gets acclimated pretty quickly, he's playing 30 minutes a game. And that's going to change what the Warriors do as far as, you know, DiVincenzo's played really well in that starting lineup, playing 25 to 30 with Stephen Clay and Draymond. And, you know, Kaminga has had games where he's been – really effective he's had some games where he hasn't but he's had some games where he's been really effective you know how does Peyton factor into this I Wiggins coming back is going to have an impact on the Warriors depth because and we've talked about this a lot I've been all over it DiVincenzo and Kaminga specifically have almost needed to play a lot to be able to be effective and I think both of those guys potentially are not going to – they're going to play closer to the minutes level that they've been less – that they've been less or even ineffective in come playoff time than the minute level to where they've had it to need to be effective, if that makes sense. Wiggins leads to that. So what is your – what what does your playoff rotation look like? Get a, get your two four, uh, put two forty on the calculator and start subtracting minutes to figure out how they're gonna how they're gonna be divvied up. Yeah, I'm uh, I'm halfway on that. Here here's what I mean. Um, it, it, yes, I brought that up on the air the other day. That you know if, if Wiggins plays thirty minutes, they're coming from somebody. All right, so now Lamb is eliminated. Let's say, or Kaminga's minutes drop. Well, on the one hand, I say, I think to myself, well, can those guys be, can they do more with less, essentially? Can they can they get less playing time but do more with it? And I think, well, boy, they probably can't do that. But then you get back to the old, you know what? Rotations get trimmed anyway in the postseason. So if Jonathan Kaminga goes from 18 minutes to nine minutes, but he's not as effective, well, then he's only going to play nine minutes. Like, sorry, that's the way the postseason goes. So, like, I think that's one where I, I'll tell you at the end of the series whether the fact that they couldn't get anything out of DiVincenzo or Kaminga or even Peyton II that they thought, you know what, that ended up costing them because Wiggins wasn't good enough. Or does Wiggins back just make the Warriors, man, they got, they got six damn good players. Eh, Kaminga didn't really do that. So what? We won the series anyway. 
You know what I mean? Yeah, I, I think that's a that's a good way of looking at it. You you got to roll with your best players no matter what in, in that kind of scenario. All right, the final thing I want to get get to here is, and we went through, hey, what are the Kings going to do? Warriors win two, this or that. What if the Kings play their guys and the Warriors lose the game in Sacramento? And, and at that point, they're probably going to be a play-in tournament team. Not, not 100% a lock. But at that point, depending upon what the Clippers and Lakers do, it becomes pretty clear that they could be the seven uh, or the eight. There's different tiebreaker scenarios depending upon other teams. But I guess I'll I'll hit you with this one. I mean, if the Warriors are – forget about the individual first-round matchup, but just if they're a play-in team versus a non-play-in team, how does that that impact your belief that they can make a run and or win it all? Um, believe it or not, I think there's a big difference between seven and eight. I think seven, I think seven, they can kind of get away with. Um, they do not want to go on the road for a play in game. Yeah. And there's one scenario where it would be new Orleans. Could you imagine going to new Orleans? Think of it. Can you imagine going to new Orleans to play a game? Let's say you don't win it. Then you're coming home to play another game win win or die win or go home right and then maybe you're going back to memphis in like in like yeah. a, in like a day to play a sunday afternoon game probably you know after right. playing friday night at six or friday night at seven and so yeah i'm 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 with you on that like you do, and i know there's a scenario where they could play the lakers at eight to play the lakers in la and then maybe come home like there's a bunch of different scenarios but yeah i, I think I think you're right. If you're seven and you're playing a home game and you still get three days off if you win it, which is what the case would be. All right, so be it. You got to go play Memphis. The Warriors will probably take their chances at that point with Memphis confident they can beat them. But yeah, you're right. I mean, the and and at that point, if the Warriors don't beat the Kings, they lose control of basically what it would be. But I'm with you 100%. I think that is a significant difference. Yeah, I mean, I know, you know, a while back you said you ain't winning a title if you're a play-in team. And I tend to agree with you. Seven could be a little – seven's a little different. You know, the Warriors may play Tuesday. If they have a play-in game Tuesday against an eight, I mean, they could blow that team out at home. You know what I mean? And and then it's like, okay, we're going to Memphis. We got plenty of time. It's just like last year. We'll go beat them down there again. Um, so, but, the, yeah, that's that's an interesting scenario too for sure. All right, Steiny, good stuff. Uh, we'll we'll preview whatever the series is coming up next week. Uh, but for Matt Steinmetz, I'm John Dickinson. Quick edition here on Warriors Weekly Podcast with two games to go for 95-7 the game.